Well, I've got my broom out here in Baltimore because the Orioles just pulled off a sweep against the Angels and have now won eight games in a row. But wait a minute. As our friends over at Cespedes Family Barbecue talked about last season, you know, a sweep is good for a two-game series or a three-game series, but in a four-game series, maybe there should be a better word. So it's not a sweep. No, no, no. It's a mop. The Orioles mopped the Angels in four games over the weekend. And I will recap it all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. You are Locked on Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, July 11th, 2022. And welcome back in to the Locked on Orioles podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we will recap another incredible weekend of Orioles baseball as they sweep, or you could call it mop, the Los Angeles Angels taking all four games in the series. And they have now won eight games in a row, their longest winning streak since late April in 2005. And I'll get you my three big takeaways from the Orioles weekend, specifically from the Friday through Sunday games of the weekend. Of course, if you want to hear the recap of Thursday night's win, go back and listen to Friday's podcast. But my three big takeaways will have to do with, first of all, Friday night's walk-off win. Was it the most exciting of the year for the Orioles? The second takeaway, the Orioles pitching staff came together and everybody got it done this weekend. And our third big takeaway is that the Orioles are having this success without a lot of production from Austin Hayes, who kind of missed his chance to be an all-star. But we'll talk about which player did get named an all-star for the Orioles, who also had a big impact this weekend. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Sports Card Investor. Hey, Orioles fans, you are going to love this. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. And before we get to chatting about Orioles and Angels, just want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. The pod free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And we're also right here on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel. We are oh so close to 600 subscribers trying to get there. That's all thanks to you. And of course, episodes every day, Monday through Friday here during the season, as your Baltimore Orioles are now two games back of a playoff spot. They are one game below 500. They have won eight in a row. If you're looking for a time to subscribe to some Orioles content and lock in or lock on the Orioles, this is the time. And we thank you, the listener, for making that happen and making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, Orioles and Angels. And what a weekend. What a weekend. Of course, the series started on Thursday. Talked about that nice little 4-1 to victory for the O's on Friday's episode. And then Friday happened. And that game that the Orioles won in walk-off fashion 5-4 to on Friday night brings you my first big takeaway from the weekend. I have not felt like that from an Orioles win. I mean, probably in five years. Since 2017, around August of 2017, that was the Orioles' last seven-game winning streak. 
when they were right around the wild card spot, just like they are now. And yeah, there's been some cool moments. The John Means no-hitter, obviously. The Rio Ruiz walk-off homer in 2019 against the Astros. There's been multiple cool moments that have happened for the Orioles. But that game was unbelievable. And many said it. That felt like a game that only this team and the 2012 Orioles would win. And 10 years later, we're getting some serious, serious 2012 Orioles vibes. So buckle up. Once again, a decade later. But, I mean, listen. Feels like we were all tuned in on Friday. It's bucket hat night. The yard's rocking about 27,000. Really good crowd, especially for this year. And the Orioles just didn't have it offensively early in that game. You could tell. Reed Detmers, who had returned from AAA, he was demoted about a month ago, was really struggling in the big leagues. And then he made a couple of really, really strong starts in AAA. He kind of made a tweak to his windup, and it worked. And he was, I think he struck out 13, 14 batters in his last AAA start before the Angels brought him back up. They had Michael Lorenzen go in the IL. They brought Detmers. Reed Detmers threw a no-hitter earlier this year. He's a really good pitcher. He's only 23 years old. And that was his 23rd birthday Friday night. And he just rolled through the Orioles. And, you know, it got me thinking, you know, the, the winning streak's going to end. It was a lot of fun, five games. It's going to end. I mean, Detmers, six scoreless innings, two hits, seven strikeouts against the O's. And, listen, Tyler Wells wasn't his best at all. He gives up a, a three-run homer to Mike Trout in the third inning. Not a lot of shame in that, but... You know, he, he walked a couple of guys. He wasn't getting ahead of batters. He gave up six hits. He only lasted four innings. And, you know, Detmers finishes the sixth, and the O's trail 3 nothing heading into the seventh. They have plenty of, of comebacks. But I thought, I looked at Detmers. I said, wow, Detmers is at 91 pitches. I thought for sure the Angels will send him back out there for the seventh, and the O's haven't touched him. But instead what the Orioles do is they start the comeback. And instead what the Angels do is they go to the bullpen. And Jose Quijada comes in. He didn't know where the ball was going. The O's get the first three runners on. A Ramona Rios RBI single makes it 3-1. to one. They cover the corners with nobody out. You're thinking, here's the comeback. The O's are going to tie the game right here. And then it didn't happen. Nevin, Chirinos, and Adley Rutschman as a pinch hitter strike out three in a row. And it stays 3-1. to one. You just think that was the chance. They got a run. It wasn't enough. They're going to lose this game. And then the eighth inning rolls around. And the O's just continue to fight away against Ryan Tapera, Ryan Mountcastle. Gets himself an RBI single after a Cedric Mullins leadoff double. And they get it to a 3-2 to two game. And you think, well, maybe there's a chance. And then it felt like maybe the knockout blow was in the top of the ninth. Dylan Tate gets the first two guys out. And then Shohei Otani takes him deep for a solo homer in the top of the ninth. Extended the Angels lead to 4-2. to two, And you just kind of felt like, you know, they grinded to try and come back. But it's just not going to happen. And then Rasiel Iglesias comes in. And he gets the first two batters out at the bottom of the ninth. There's nobody on. There's two outs. The Orioles are trailing 4-2 in the bottom of the ninth inning. And Rugnet Odor has come to the plate. And it just felt like it was a great run. It's a great five-game winning streak. But it's just not going to happen. And then it happened. And Odor laces a 3-2 fastball into left field for a two-out single. You know, nothing super special. He did his job to get the tying run to the plate. You think, great job, Rugi. But I don't think it's going to happen. And then Adley Rutschman comes up. And Adley Rutschman drives a ball on a 3-2 pitch. Great A-B. Works the count. Fouls pitches off. Takes close pitches. 
3-2 fastball, boom. Drives it into right center field to the wall. Odor scores. All right. We're in a 4-3 game. Adley's on second. It only takes one more hit. Here comes Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins, boom. Line drive up the middle. Base hit. Rutschman scores. Mullins goes to second on the throw. They've tied the game at four. Here comes Trey Mancini. Been swinging a super hot bat. Already had three hard hit balls. Already had three balls hit over 100 miles per hour on the night. But only one of them was a hit. Can he do it again? Another 3-2 pitch. Little slider down and away. Boom. Hooks it into the corner. Mullins scores easily. Camden Yard goes crazy. Orioles win 5-4 on the Mancini walk-off. You know, it's... (laughs) It's been 48 hours. Like, I'm still feeling the emotions of that game. And I think all of you listening are as well. That felt, like, just so different. And and that was the sixth of an eight-game winning streak. They had won the previous five games. So it's not like that was any kind of turning point. They were already playing great baseball all week. They had already had two walk-off wins earlier in the week. So it wasn't even a walk-off thing. But that moment... Nobody on in two outs against Iglesias, who's been pitching really well for the Angels as their closer. You've got Rubnet Odor up. And you just grind out that win. Four straight hits. Odor, Rutschman, Mullins, Mancini. To win that game. It just, what a win. I mean, what a win. What a team. What a winning streak. It's still going. What a win. What a series. Against the Angels. That moment. And to have a game like that. Where you don't score. You have two hits through six innings. You can't figure out Reed Detmers. You leave that incredible chance in the seventh. Where you only get one run. You feel like you should have gotten three at the least. And you somehow only come away with one run. And to still keep fighting back. And win that game. All with two outs. You know, it reminded me of the Orioles of old. A game it took me back to, 2013, the Chris Dickerson walk-off home run game. The Orioles basically didn't get much going at all in that whole game. And then Marcakis homers in the ninth. They get two on. Chris Dickerson comes up, three-run walk-off homer off of Jose Valverde and the Tigers. Yard goes crazy. That team had those kind of vibes. And this year's team just seems to have it as well. And it is making for some fun, fun baseball. And it's not just, oh, this team is fun. Do I think this Orioles team is going to make the playoffs this year? I still don't. There's a lot of talent in the American League. But are the Orioles two games out of a playoff spot? And do we have to start talking about it like that? We do. And it's going to be fun to talk about it like that throughout the year here on the pod. But of course, Friday was a great win. But it wasn't the only one of the weekend. They won all three games. Really won all four games against the Angels. And the reason they did that once again is this Orioles pitching staff continues to outperform what anybody, including myself, thought they could do this season. So coming up next, my second big takeaway has to do with the Orioles staff as a whole against a lineup that includes Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and Taylor Ward, all All All-Stars. A lineup that includes those three and what the O's pitching did against them this weekend. But first, got to tell you about Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because... Want a better gut health and and just better immune system and really more energy. We're talking about a good Orioles team right now. I got to be energized for five days a week to get you guys this pod. And Athletic Greens helps me do that. So what is it? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, 
you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And it's lifestyle-friendly athletic greens. Whatever diet, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, anything like that. And it costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health. And Athletic Greens, it has over 7,000 five-star reviews and recommended by professional athletes. It's the real deal. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So the Orioles take all three games that we're recapping and all four games in total from the Angels. They've won eight, count them, eight games in a row for the first time since April to early May of 2005. And of course, it all started Thursday night with a 4-1 to win. Then it's the 5-4 walk-off win on Friday night that I talked about. Then the O's win it one nothing on Saturday and finish it up with a 9-5 victory on Sunday. And again, Orioles now 43-44 and on the season. They are one game below 500, And with a lot of help from the Mariners, who came in, swept the Toronto Blue Jays this weekend. The Mariners are now even with the Blue Jays for the final wildcard spot. And the Orioles are just two games back of those two teams, Seattle and Toronto, for that final wildcard spot right now. And we're more than halfway through the season. We're at July 11th. We're a week away from the All-Star break, and the O's are right in it. How have they been right in it all year? Well, it's been these crazy wins, these great walk-offs. But it's really not the offense. They've had their stretches, don't get me wrong, and the offense looked much stronger than the pitching coming into the year. But it's been the Oriole pitching, surprising everybody, including me. It's gotten them to this point, and it's what got them to a sweep or a mop this weekend against the Angels. I mean, you had different guys stepping up every day, whether it was the starters or the bullpen. You, you start with Friday. I mentioned Tyler Wells had his first shaky start in a long time. He had eight consecutive, just really, not the technical term of quality starts, but just in terms of watching him and how he pitched, quality starts in a row for the Orioles. And he just didn't have his best command on Friday night. Gives up the big home run. Only gets through four innings. But you can turn to the Brian Bakers, who gets three outs. And the Keegan Aiken to get five outs. And how about Bo Salser, who was recalled earlier in the week just to get an arm up that had, you know, could give you some length. He gets the Orioles four big outs. And even Dylan Tate gives them an inning. And it gives them time while the offense is sputtering. They kept it at a 3 nothing game for long enough. It gave them enough space to come back and win that game in the ninth. Then you go to Saturday. Of course, Saturday is the big one. That's the shutout win. It's a 1-0 win in that game. You get the Anthony Santander RBI single in the fourth that gives the Orioles a 1-0 lead on Saturday. That was their only run. Santander, you know, he went 2-4 for four with the RBI. He had four hard-hit balls. He was really the only Orioles batter that did anything in that Saturday win. It was all up to the pitching besides Santander. And yet the pitching got it done. Dean Kramer, five scoreless innings, two hits. Seven Ks for Dean Kramer. Seven Ks and just three walks. Now, it took him 95 pitches to get through five innings, and he had to leave after those five. But Dean Kramer wasn't backing down from anybody. 
How about 15 whiffs a season high for Dean Kramer on 46 swings? Five on the four-seamer, six on the cutter, three on the change, even got one on the curveball. The mix was working. And he gets through five scores, but you still have to turn it over to the bullpen. And everybody out of the pen is there. And the first one they go to out of the bullpen, it's Bruce Zimmerman, who was recalled on Saturday after being sent down a month ago to work on his new delivery. And unfortunately, because of kind of the spot the O's were in, Bruce was then sent back down to AAA Norfolk on Sunday. So we won't see him again until after the All-Star break, unless there's an injury. But Bruce comes in, and he gets Shohei Otani out, and then he gives up back-to-back singles. And then he gets an inning-ending double play to put up a zero. And he wasn't dominant at all, and it was kind of a very small sample size in his return to the bigs. We got to see one inning. Fastball Velo was around normal. But what I liked out of Zimmerman is I've been yelling all year, throw more breaking balls than fastballs. He threw two pitches. He threw the slot. Well, threw three pitches. He threw the slider, the four-seamer, and the sinker. Six sliders, three four-seamers, two sinkers. Even if you combine the four-seamer and the sinker, that's six sliders to five fastballs. That's what I want to see out of Bruce Zimmerman. And that is what we did get in the short 11-pitch inning on Saturday. And then you go to the you know the true bullpen guys, and you're still holding that one nothing lead, and the offense is doing nothing. And Joey Crable, you know, he gives up a leadoff double in the seventh inning. You're thinking, oh, no, they're going to get this run. Runner gets to third with one out. Crable gets a big strikeout. Felix Bautista comes in, gets the out. Felix Bautista comes in, dominates Mike Trout, strikes him out in a 1-2-3 eighth inning. And then you go to Jorge Lopez. Here he comes. Boom, boom. Does hit a batter. Allows him to get to second, but gets two strikeouts. Gets the out to win the game. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a shutout. And then you go to Sunday, and I get, you know, on Sunday, they did give up five runs. But the offense did its job with nine runs, so it didn't end up being an issue. And... You know, those five runs, two were given up by Rico Garcia, who was recalled to help the Oriole bullpen on Sunday, and he gave up a two-run homer to Max Stassi in the eighth inning, made it from a 9-3 to a 9-5 game, wasn't really a huge spot. You know, Brian Baker also gave up a run, but Austin Voth on Sunday, his longest start as an Oriole, five innings, two runs, four hits, six Ks, no walks for Voth. He did give up a two-run homer to Monte Harrison in the third, but that's all he gave up. He threw just 76 pitches. He allowed just four hard-hit balls. And Austin Voth is saying, wait a second, nobody's taken my rotation spot just yet. Voth had 13 whiffs on 41 swings. Eight of those 13 whiffs came on his four-seam fastball. 93 to 95, just blowing it by guys up in the zone with a good curveball. Waiver claim from the Nationals. And it's working. Everything's working. It was Felix Bautista who closed out the scoreless ninth to close out the sweep Sunday. The Oriole bullpen over the weekend, 13 innings, 13 hits, 4 runs, 15 Ks, and 2 walks. That's a 2.77 bullpen ERA over the weekend. Now, the O's bullpen did walk two batters over the weekend, as I said. But both of those walks came on Sunday. One by Brian Baker and one by Felix Bautista. The Orioles' bullpen did not walk anyone on Friday or on Saturday. That was nine innings of work over those two games from the bullpen. They didn't walk anybody. When you're throwing that many strikes and you've got the nasty stuff they have, you're going to get guys out. And that's what the O's have done all year. They keep getting guys out. 
And maybe this bullpen will look different after the trade deadline. Teams are going to be calling about a lot of these guys. We'll get to, in a future episode, who could be gone, who would stay. But right now, this bullpen is dealing. They've got a starting rotation that is kind of patched together, and it's getting it done. And I am excited to watch the Orioles pitch the baseball every night for the first time in a long time. Even when the O's were rolling in the mid-2010s, we weren't exactly thrilled to watch at least the starters throw the ball. When we got to the bullpen, that was a different story. I think I'm more excited to watch this starting rotation and what it can be moving forward this year with maybe a DL Hall and Kyle Bradish being very close to a return. Three perfect innings with five strikeouts in a double-A rehab start for Bradish on Saturday. You'll hopefully get Zimmerman back again soon. And maybe you get Grayson Rodriguez in September. When those guys start to come up, this is a better rotation maybe if they're pitching like this than the O's had in 2012, in 2014. It's fun. They're throwing the ball well, and it's fun. But it wasn't everybody contributing and everybody putting up the big stats all week. And a couple of guys did struggle. And the offense struggled a little bit again. I mean, you know, they did nothing basically until the ninth on Friday. They scored one run on Saturday. Now they got nine on Sunday. But one guy who struggled a little bit and has been struggling is Austin Hayes. And we found out on Sunday that, at least for now, Austin Hayes was not initially named to the All-Star team. And while a couple weeks ago, it looked like he had a real good case, Hayes has been in a slump. And so he probably won't be in L.A. for the All-Star game. But we'll talk about why his first half was still good. And we'll talk about who the Orioles' one All-Star is. Coming up after this. But first... Let's talk about Sports Card Investor, really the most exciting new partner we have here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Because if you collect baseball cards or any sports cards at all, you need to download this app. I cannot stress it enough. Sports Card Investor is the app for you. It's the hobby's most powerful resource. You can quickly check the value of your favorite cards. You can find great deals and you profit from the hobby if that's something you're into. If you want to make a profit, Sports Card Investor is the app. It's available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. Sports Card Investor app, a must-have for baseball fans. You can easily browse thousands, hundreds of thousands of cards. Check the latest values of your favorite cards. They've got seven-day charts with the rolling values, 30-day charts with the rolling values. And here's the best part. You find the best prices, and you don't have to leave the app. You don't have to go to a different website to make the purchase. You can buy directly through the app with their eBay Deals feature. So basically, if you're a card collector, you're looking to buy, you're looking to sell, you have to download the app. So download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. So we're talking Orioles and Angels, my three big takeaways from an Orioles mop. That's a four-game sweep over the Angels this weekend. And my third and final big takeaway is that it's just a little unfortunate that Austin Hayes was not named an All-Star. Now, the AL and NL All-Star teams were announced on Sunday evening. Now, the players who were announced in the game, that's not going to be the full list of All-Stars because every year there are guys who are injured and can't play the game. There are pitchers who start the Sunday before the All-Star game. No, they can't pitch, so they're replaced. And at the end of the day, you generally get at least three players on the AL and each NL teams added before the game actually happens next Tuesday night. So theoretically, there'll be some more guys added. But 
Unfortunately for the Orioles, as we start with Austin Hayes, he was not selected and he will not even be selected, it looks like, as a replacement going forward for the All-Star game. And there was a time this year when Hayes looked like he had a really good chance to be an All-Star. I did an episode two weeks ago where I broke down the Orioles' All-Star chances. And I basically put down Austin Hayes as having the second best chances to be an All-Star. And I thought he would be one of two Orioles selections. But since then, Hayes really took himself out of that conversation. And it was another kind of rough weekend for him against the Angels. You know, he he had a 1-for-4 Friday and 0-for-3 Saturday. Ended up 1-for-7 with four strikeouts on the weekend. And then was out of the lineup on Sunday. Still saying, you know, he's got some soreness in his wrist. And got a little bit banged up last week. And uh, so is still monitoring that. And it's just been a struggle for him. His last 10 games at the plate. Hayes right now is 3-for-38. 3-for-38 in his last 10 games. That is a 0-79 batting average. Nine strikeouts to just one walk in that stretch. And he just hasn't been getting it done at the dish. And the overall season stats have suffered. You know, 80 games, 333 plate appearances. Now his average has dropped 261, 318 on base, 441 slugging. 11 homers, 20 doubles, good numbers. And, you know, still a 114 WRC+. plus. You'll take that. With the great defense, has a 1.4 war, according to Fangraphs. Still, you know, a, a top five number on the Orioles right now. But this slump just made it impossible to put him in the All-Star game. You know, he went from basically right on the AL outfield bubble. When I did my breakdown of the AL outfielders, my prediction a couple of weeks ago was it looked like he was right on the bubble. He was either going to be the last outfielder to make it or the first outfielder to miss it. And I felt like he was just enough to be the last outfielder to make it. But then he goes on a 3-for-38 stretch right before they name the team, and you go from bubble maybe about to make it to essentially out of the conversation. That's where Austin Hayes is. Now, this doesn't take away from how great he's been all first half, and he's still it's still been a really great breakout season for him in the Orioles. Unfortunate that he won't get to go to the All-Star game like Cedric Mullins did last year, but just wanted to kind of highlight that that's why Hayes isn't there, is this stretch lately right before all the voting ended. It kind of took him out of that contention. But as every Major League Baseball team does, the Orioles do have one All-Star. And congratulations to Jorge Lopez, who Sunday was named the Orioles' only representative for the 2022 MLB All-Star game. And really, on this Orioles team, no one more deserving than Jorge Lopez. And things looked a little dicey last weekend when he blew the back-to-back saves in Minnesota. And then he gives up the home run on Monday against Texas and allowed homers in three straight appearances. And we thought... Are things turning for Jorge Lopez? Well, then he turned it right back around and got three saves this week. And for Lopez on the season, 38 appearances, 41 and a third innings, a 1.74 ERA, 47 strikeouts, just 15 walks, just those three home runs allowed. The stuff's been great. The transition from starter to closer has been basically without a hiccup except for last weekend. And the best part about Lopez is that was a really rough stretch for him in those three games. And he just brushed it off and came back and he's saving games again for the Orioles. Got the save Saturday, held down the one, nothing win. Even after, you know, hitting the second batter of the inning, Andrew Velasquez pinch runs. He steals second. Kurt Suzuki does hit a ball pretty well to left field. Austin Hayes makes a nice catch to end the game. But Jorge Lopez maintains that one run lead, finishes the shutout, gets another save. And he's fully the Orioles' closer right now. And there's another conversation to be had about will the Orioles trade Jorge Lopez? 
I would guess every team in playoff contention is calling the Orioles about Jorge Lopez right now. But just what a story to be, you know, on his third team as a starter. You know, when he was with the Orioles in 2020, he had the highest active ERA of qualified pitchers in baseball. And it was rough as a starter last year. He gets moved to the bullpen. It looks good for five appearances. Then he gets injured, misses the rest of the year. And then all of a sudden comes out spring training this year, wins the closer job. And despite the one bump in the road, he's just been fantastic, unhittable, a top five reliever in the American League all year, really a top two reliever for most of the year, him and Clay Holmes. And he deserves this all-star appearance. He better pitch. Remember, we saw John Means as the Orioles' only all-star in 2019, didn't pitch in the game. That stunk. But I think he should pitch. Besides Clay Holmes, who's been a better reliever than Jorge Lopez in the AL this year? And now, unfortunately, you know, it makes it five straight all-star games for the Orioles without more than one all-star, which, you know, is a little unfortunate. You get Jonathan Scope in 2017, Manny Machado 2018, John Means 2019, no game in 2020, obviously, and then Cedric Mullins last year. And you'd like to get back to the point where the O's have more than one All-Star. And I feel like moving forward, starting next year, Adley Rutschman's going to be pretty easy to pencil in as one of the two AL catchers. The last time they had multiple All-Stars, 2016, O's had Manny Machado, Matt Wieters, Brad Brock, and Zach Britton, four All-Stars that year, which is, of course, the last time the O's made the playoffs. But just wanted to shout out Jorge Lopez. Got to be great for him, for his family, for his son, I mean, I know it'll be tougher because it's in L.A., but what a moment it would be if his son could get out to the All-Star game and see his dad pitch in the All-Star game. But what a moment for Jorge Lopez. Deserves it so much. He has another week of saves to get, and then he'll head to L.A. for the All-Star game. It's going to be such a cool moment for him, and hopefully he does get to pitch in that game. Again, there still will be players added to the All-Star team, but I don't think it's going to be Hayes or even you know Felix, the Felix Bautistas, the CNL Perez's, the Trey Mancini's of the world. The Ryan Mountcastles, they're having great years. Not all-stars, but great years. And helping the Orioles do a great year where they've won eight games in a row. One game. One game under 500. This is fun. They're two games out of a playoff spot. Let's do this. Next up, the Chicago Cubs. That team, not very good. Orioles have beaten them in the one meeting so far this year. But first, an off day today. O's can enjoy it with the eight-game winning streak. And then I'll be back with you on the pod tomorrow. We will preview game one of two between the Orioles and the Cubs. And coming up this week, got a really busy week on the podcast. We'll be previewing the draft. The MLB draft is less than a week away. Who will the Orioles take number one? We'll talk about that coming up on the podcast this week. We'll take a closer look at the Orioles' rotation, how it's going to fare when guys like Bradish start to come back and they can kind of set it up after the All-Star break. We'll take a look at a guy in CNL Perez. He's kind of been the unsung hero of the Oriole bullpen. We'll look at Trey Mancini, really starting to swing it well, and the potential of him being traded away from the Orioles, along with looking at who could be traded from the Orioles, who the Orioles could trade for at the trade deadline in early August. But all that and more coming up this week on the podcast, starting when I'm back here with you tomorrow. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, and you go.